0: It's another Sunday night in stand-up, and this week, the return of a Toronto legend, as we welcome back Canadian comedy icon, Ed the Sock. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes, on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: People are crazy and talks are strange. I'm locked in tight, I'm on a bed.
0: I used to things Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, coast to coast, Canada-wide on Global News Radio Network, if you happen to have the internets. And this week we're doing something a little bit different. We're getting into that sort of weird world, especially lately, where comedy and the news sort of crossover. which, I, I don't know, it feels like sometimes it's hard to tell the two apart this year especially. A concept. <laughs>
1: hey guys, producer Vince Tedesco here. Um, today we were, we had scheduled an interview with a local news anchor woman who formerly was a comedian but formerly before that was an anchor woman. So she made the transition back into reporting the news which we think is kind of funny these days. Hashtag 2020. But unfortunately, let's call it uh, a bit of a conflict of interest that we had to pull tonight's interview with our first guest, said news reporter. Uh, Unfortunately, in this day and age, we have to kind of make do with what we're kind of given. Uh, Things change pretty quick in 2020. One moment we're in lockdown, one moment we're not. One moment everything's carefree and we're walking the streets, next moment we're all wearing masks and washing our hands at a rapid pace. This is These pretty much are the cards we're dealt. Um, so for tonight's episode, we're going to focus on our second guest. Um, a little bit on him in a moment. But due to the nature of us abruptly cancelling our first guest, we do want to apologize for any confusion we may have caused, as that wasn't our intent. I mean, 2020 is a crazy year, and the news has reported some crazy stuff which is what we were showcasing and highlighting in our interview. There was an insane U.S. election that was covered recently. That was kind of funny, if you think about it. There's the entire mass craziness of this coronavirus, which, you know, has some funny moments, if you think about it. But, unfortunately, we had to pull all of that. So, my apologies to our listeners. Dean and I will be back next week with a brand-new episode but for this week's episode, please, please, please enjoy the tender and, <laughs> uh, let's say, um, endearing uh, and abrupt and brash and somewhat crude, lovable as the Sock, who we have in the second half of our show. Um, Ed has been a media icon for years. Uh, he was gracious enough to give us some time this week and kind of... Uh, spit his take on what's been happening on 2020 from the news front, from the media front, from, you know, everything that's kind of going on. We threw everything in the book at him in regards to topics and he didn't shy away from any of it. So uh, we are going to go ahead with that part of the interview. Uh, In the meantime, let's give you a little prep on Mr. Ed the Sock, a little clip, a little teaser, if you will, with something that kind of highlights inside jokes in 2020 so randomly a little confusion, a little controversy, a little comedy, and, of course, nothing but sheer random. Here's Ed talking about Star Wars and things you may or may not have known.
2: Greetings, fellow Star Wars fans. I Okay, This isn't going to work. This is freaking ridiculous. I can barely hear myself. I can't breathe. F- this. Hey, somebody help me get the duct tape off, will you? Let's start this again. Alright, I am not above exploiting Star Wars mania for personal gain in the shape of views, so here's a little five-question quiz that will truly challenge your mastery of the Force. Questions first, answers at the end. How you do we will see. I've got a bad feeling about this. Question number one. In the first script Rampire Strikes Back, Yoda is called Adoba, Yonan, Minch, or Buffy? Number two. True or false? George Lucas had planned out all three trilogies in advance before the original Star Wars was filmed. Number 3. The name given to the type of music being played in the cantina scene is A. Klezmar, B. Palfin, C. Splooge, or D. Jizz. Number 4. Back to Yoda, because everybody loves Yoda. The original plan was for Yoda to be played by A. Warwick Davis, who later played the Ewok Wicket and starred in Lucas's fantasy film Willow. B. A regular-sized actor made smaller using special effects, as was eventually done in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. C. A child actor, but by law, kids are only allowed to work a limited number of hours per day, and the makeup itself would have taken longer than that. Or D. A monkey dressed in a costume and trained to use a cane. 5. True or false? Some of the alien languages in Star Wars are actually real, pre-existing Earth languages. All right, ready? You got your answers? Did you pause this and go on the internet and search things through Wikipedia? If so, get the hell out of here. Okay, here we go. Question number one. In the first script Rampire Strikes Back, Yoda is called Adoba, Yonan, Minch, or Buffy? The answer is C. In the original screenplay, writer Lee Brackett had the Yoda character named Minch. Maybe because he's a little minch. Though minch is a little too close to a popular 70s word for vagina. But extra credit if you recognize that George Lucas' original idea was to have Yoda named Buffy. No, seriously, he wanted to call Yoda Buffy. Early signs of the thinking that led to Jar Jar Binks. Number two, true or false? George Lucas had planned out all three trilogies in advance before the original Star Wars was filmed. False. Look, this is the myth created around George Lucas, that he was this genius who had mapped out the entire Star Wars 9-part story before filming a single frame. Lucasfilm has continued to promote this BS, but here's a couple of holes in that tale. Do you really think that Lucas knew Luke and Leia were going to be twins when he had them share a passionate kiss twice and set up a love triangle plot with Han Solo? This was in the 70s, long before TLC existed to give them a reality show. The original script for Empire Strikes Back alludes to a sister for Luke, but doesn't name Leia, and had initially been named Nellith, a different character. Vader was not originally Luke's father. Luke's father, Anakin, was going to appear to Luke as a spirit guide while on Dagobah, someone distinct from Vader. Which makes sense when you consider that, as comedy writer Michael Shore pointed out, Obi-Wan wanted to hide Luke and Leia from Vader by splitting them up and putting them on different worlds but leaving Luke with the last name Skywalker. Sounds like a bad Polish joke. Number three, the name given to the type of music being played in the cantina scene is A, klezmar, B, Palfin, C, splooge, or D, jizz. Unbelievably, the answer is D, jizz. I don't know who decided this or if they knew what they were doing. I suppose it's a play on jazz, using the sci-fi music tradition of replacing the vowel with an I, in the way that science fiction folk music is called filk music. But filk music is ear cancer and the cantina music is kind of alright, but seriously, jizz? Can you imagine a radio station playing smooth jizz, asking a potential date if she's into jizz? And when you mix jizz as jazz does with scat singing... Well, Jizz and Scat is a website, and the band won't be getting any bookings at weddings and bar mitzvahs. Number four, the original plan was for Yoda to be played by A, Warwick Davis, B, a regular size actor made smaller using special effects, C, a child actor, or D, a monkey dressed in a costume and trained to use a cane. While the other three seem like far more sensible considerations, the answer is D, a monkey dressed in a costume and trained to use a cane to walk. What is that mask? It looks like Richard Nixon. Can you imagine that becoming a beloved character worldwide? The only thing that had going for it was, considering the way Dagobah looks, the monkey throwing shit when angry would only enhance the scenery. The idea was jettisoned when the production crew made it clear that filming would take forever because the monkey kept pulling off the mask. Though it's hard to believe that the idea even got to the stage of putting the monkey in the mask. This is one of those ideas that you can't believe ever made it through a series of people without being stopped this and every Adam Sandler movie since Happy Gilmore. Here's the monkey himself in a paparazzi shot. Reminder that Empire was made during the cusp of the 70s, check out the hot pants. Wow. By the way, another sci-fi epic did use a monkey. The original Battlestar Galactica had the robot daggett Muffet played by a monkey in a suit. If this were done today, they'd have more to worry about from PETA than Cylons. And finally, number five, true or false. Some of the alien languages in Star Wars are actually real, pre-existing Earth languages. True. The language used by the little Jawas is based on a version of African Zulu language sped up real fast. And Greedo speaks a language called Quechua, which is still used by small groups of indigenous people in Peru, Ecuador, Bolivia, Chile, and Colombia. So only select South American native peoples know for sure who shot first. Sadly, the language used by the Ewoks is still just called Nub Nub. So how did you do? It's just us here, you can be honest. If you scored all five, you're a Jedi Master. Four out of five, impressive, but you are not a Jedi yet. Three out of five, Padawan. one. And two under undercorrect, congratulations, you probably have a social life. Well, I hope you learned a few things you can use to earn nerd cred with your pals while waiting in line to see Episode 7 for the 12th time. There's more of these I can drop if you all like this one, so watch this and share it. Sharing leads to the good side of the Force, not the dark side. Wait a second, what the hell is the good side of the Force called? The dark side is called the dark side, but the good side is just called, what, the Force? That doesn't make any sense. Night isn't called the dark side of day. F- you, George Lucas. You got time to think up midi-chlorians, but no answer for this? Somebody get on this, will you? It's bugging me now.
1: On that note, we'll be back with Ed the Sock. Stay tuned, and thank you for listening to Inside Jokes.
0: Hi, my name's Aaron Berg, and you're so lucky to be listening to me on Inside Jokes on 640. I feel just like a local guy when I'm with the boys. We do what we want. Yeah, we do what we want. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And, of course, coast to coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network. Brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row, it's probably fine. Thanks again to Jennifer Shung of formerly of stand-up and now of CP24, uh, probably talking about the same things right now on the air that she would be if she was up on a stand-up stage. Uh, but we're going to switch it over to a Canadian comic and really media icon in this country that you all know, and we haven't talked to him in, it's been three years now, actually, so there's a lot to catch up on. We have the one and only Ed the Sock on the line with us. Ed, how you doing, man? I'm good. Has it been three years since I spoke to you? Three years, and the entire world has since imploded on itself.
2: Well, it's funny because you say it's been three years. I don't remember ever talking to you before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll catch you up. Last time we talked to you, we had a studio. Uh, There was such a thing as live comedy, and there was no pandemic. So that's, that's what's happening now, Ed.
2: Well, it's a slightly different world we're living in now, isn't it? We're all kind of like John Travolta, the boy in the plastic bubble. (laughs) Wow, what a reference. I know, like 1977, now there's a reference, and that's the problem today. You make a reference like that, and a lot of people under a certain age have no idea what you're talking about. People don't understand the classics. The classics aren't taught in school. They'll teach you Shakespeare, but what the hell, we're not living in like some 16th century England. What relevance is there that? People should be taught classics so they understand a reference, like John Travolta's Boy in the Plastic Bubble. (laughs)
0: at least everyone's stuck at home right now and they can google it anyways what and one thing i was curious about because i mean you, you know you're you're no you're no stranger to going out there and being outspoken about events as they happen in real time and of course we were talking to jennifer earlier who is out there reporting the news there's so much crazy stuff going on in locally and in the world right now all at the same time for you, I mean, how how can we find the comedy in all of this and everything that's happened this year? Do we have to?
2: Well, I mean, it depends. You can find the comedy in the things people are doing stuck in their homes. I mean, it's really kind of hard to find comedy in dead people. I mean, it's been done, but you've got to wait a few years first. So if you want to find comedy, you've got to find comedy in the fact that people are forced, you know, people who are, like, married or partnered, are forced to spend a lot of time with each other and they're discovering that they really don't like each other, that a lot of relationships (laughs) are built on people only knowing each other for like a few hours a day and go beyond that and people can't stand each other. And
1: uh, listen, I've been a pioneer in social distancing. I've been
0: trying to keep the hell away from people for years. (laughs) That's actually one thing we haven't talked about, really. No one's really talked about that on the show. Yeah, do you think how many divorce r- rates are going to spike after COVID? And there's probably going to be like a whole wave, a whole generation of COVID babies that are born, too, I guess, for the flip side of that.
2: Yeah, that's what I'd like to be known as my whole life, a COVID baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like crack baby, COVID baby. You know, I, I think I'd rather not be known
0: by that appellation. That'll be the next generation. That was the greatest generation. There's boomers, COVID babies. <laughs> one, one thing you're known for, Ed, that you love doing is you love getting out to events and talking to crowds when there's something ridiculous happening, whether it's a protest over something absurd. Or How much are you paying attention to all this stuff happening in the States right now? And how much do you wish you could be down there just talking to Americans during all of this?
2: Uh, do, you, do you really think anybody saying wishes they could be down in the States <laughs> to Americans right now? <laughs> Gotta have your head exam. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. And I'm also gonna lie down on the highway. Like, why would you, why would I want to be down there talking to these lunatics? I can't, I, I get the hives from stupidity. I would break out all over. I'd look like a mulberry bush or something like that if I had to talk to Americans. <laughs> Not all of them, there's some of them.
0: do you think we have that we must have that element here in Canada right
2: oh yeah I mean anything that goes on in the states you got people here who are like well they want to be like big brother you know like they, they want to wear dad's shoes and so they act like Americans because somehow that makes them feel like their penis is bigger and it's the interesting <laughs> thing is it doesn't matter if you're male or female women seem to like get like uh, having
0: fake large penises too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we definitely, we, we definitely do have that element here where we're trying to, I don't know, my, we even have, I, and I hate to say it, but I have some of them in my own family. We have Trump supporters here, which I don't understand. First off, you're not American. Second off, everything he stands for is actually kind of against our favor in the first place, because he wants to, like, r- rip off as many countries as possible as he can, all in America's favor. So, I mean, how I don't understand how that even happens here in Canada in the first place.
2: Well, stupidity, like, the border doesn't stop stupidity. (laughs) There's a reason that it's an unguarded border. So stupidity can flow back and forth across the border. Unfortunately, the uh, flow of stupidity from the United States is far greater. We take their stupidity, and they take our weed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a (laughs) trade-off. fair enough one thing ed that we've been talking to a lot of people obviously during this whole thing in canadian comedy and and in the states too is obviously how you know how people in the media and people in comedy are trying to figure out a way around this you can't be on stage in most places right now doing live shows festivals have all either been completely canceled this year or they've turned to streaming online digitally for you i mean you're somebody who's been around for a long time you've 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 been on network television. You've launched your own platforms. You've done sort of done it all way before everybody had to adapt to this stuff during COVID. How different do you think the whole landscape is going to look after this? Do you think we're still going to be now in this era of, like, broadcast it yourself, everything streaming online, comedy is going to be more digital?
2: God, I hope not. I I, I think that uh, one of the, the worst pestilences that has hit us besides COVID is the onslaught of people who have decided that they're, that they're some kind of performer just because they're stuck at home. You know, just because you have the science doesn't mean you should use the science. You know, it's like <laughs> the island of Dr. Moreau. Just because you have the ability to broadcast yourself to the entire world doesn't mean you should. And boy, has COVID shown us that. But I think that once there's a uh, an effective vaccine, people are going to flock out of the house like crazy. People are going to be jamming comedy clubs, going to be jamming live events everywhere. We're going to be making up for lost time because we just want to get the hell out of the house. And we'll even go to comedy clubs and listen to really, really bad comedians and still enjoy it. I think that bad comedians are going to have a really great time in the, in the near term soon as the vaccine is uh, distributed because we'll be la- willing to laugh at anything because we're not at home. So bad comedians, which is, let's face it, about 90% of comedians (laughs) are going to be
0: laugh fests. I mean, do you think a lot of them are going to come back? Because this is sort of not just as this pandemic has also had sort of a micro effect on the stand-up world. I think it's been a bit of a Spanish flu for just open mics, especially a city like Toronto, where you have, I don't know, 15,000 open mic comedians on average just jammed into dive bars all over the place on any given night. I think a lot of that's probably not going to come back after this.
2: Well, first of all, let me correct you. There's not (laughs) 15,000 comedians. There's 15,000 people who think they're funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right? Like, you know, it's it's like when somebody says that they're a painter, you know, like uh, an artistic painter. It's like, no, I'll tell you if you're an artist. I mean, you're a painter, but I'll tell you if you're an artist. And you might get up there and tell jokes but I'll tell you if you're a comedian, because there's more to being a comedian than simply telling jokes. They're selling jokes. There's knowing how to pick your audience. There's knowing how to read a room. And so few comedians know how to do that. But I, I think you're wrong. I think that all of those open mic nights are going to come back. I think that people are going to be just looking for any excuse to get out of the house and stay out of the house for as long as possible. So I think that we're going to see a resurgence in live comedy, the kind of, like, like, we've never seen before. And, you know, it's listen, some of it might even be funny because comedians have had time to, you know, hone their craft sitting at home talking to themselves. So maybe the stuff will be a little sharper.
0: Yes and no, because, I mean, you know, we a lot of comics have had sort of a different take on this. You have, it's a double-edged sword, right, because a lot of people, yeah, you've had this entire, most of a year at this point, stuck at home that could be writing time or it could be time to just come up with new material but you're also not living anything new or anything different you're stuck in the same thing as everybody else it's all about wearing a mask and standing in line at loblaws so i mean and you don't have stages to practice on so do you think it's tough right now for a lot of comics to come up with new material because they're not really out there living life or doing anything
2: you know what? What a bunch of bullcrap excuses! They're <laughs> crying out loud. They're living life. They're not. What are they? Frozen? Are they lying in some deep freezer? No, they're living. They're living life differently than they lived it before. They're, they're, it's it's a rich experience that people can draw from. You think that talking about mundane things is easy to make comedy out of? No, that's difficult. But talking about this this experience we're living through, these, these, these interesting times, as the Chinese curse says, and finding humor in it, that's the, I mean, there's there's a gold mine there, and this will really separate the comedians from the people who get up there and say, ah, is there anybody here from out of town? Anybody celebrating a birthday? Anybody?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss that, that's for sure. Alright, we're going to come back with more Ed the Sock, and more of his takes on just literally everything that's happening in the world right now. We'll be back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Hey,
2: this is Courtney Gilmore, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: I was like a weather girl. <laughs> I'm, just secondhand news, I'm just secondhand
0: news, yeah. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, if you're just tuning in, we are talking to the one and only Ed the Sock, who's just giving us all kind of hot takes on everything going on in the world right now. And also the state of comedy. So Ed, before the break, you were talking about how, you know, a lot of comics who obviously in most of the country can't be out on stage right now doing material, but this is sort of time for people to hone their material and writing time and come up with some new stuff. What's your whole opinion on, we're calling it generation TikTok right now, where a lot of people have flocked to TikTok and to other platforms. Zoom is another thing where stand-ups are just doing sets from their basement or wherever, uh, which is pretty uncomfortable, it seems, for most people. What's your take on all of this?
2: Well, I mean, uh, are we talking about comedians doing it on TikTok and things like that? Listen, I, they're, they're brave souls because, you know, a, a stand-up comic lives in front of an audience without any feedback. It, you know, it, it's almost like the way there are TV sitcoms that have laugh tracks and TV sitcoms that don't have laugh tracks. The TV <laughs> sitcoms without laugh tracks have to be really funny. They don't have anybody coaching people to tell them something that was just said is funny. Like if you watch a sitcom with a laugh track and mentally remove the laugh track, you'll sit there saying, why did they put a laugh there that was just a comment? It wasn't even a joke. So the really strong comedians can make stuff funny by doing, by doing TikTok and Zoom and all these other platforms without an audience and still be funny, showing that you can make people laugh and having people at home actually appreciating your humor shows that you really are a comedian. If you need the audience, if you require the audience, I think that's a different level of comic. That's somebody who, uh, perhaps their material, requires a bit of shock. It requires sort of, uh, you know, some kind of energy exchange with the audience. And I don't mean this in like an energy vampire kind of way, like sucking the life out of them. Though I've been to some comedy clubs, and I swear I left there three years older.
0: (laughs) yeah no but i know yeah i know what you mean there are those comics who they completely thrive off of just that being packed into like an intimate little club and they they'll go up and just rip on the audience for 20 solid minutes and they'll just do crowd work for 20 minutes and that's what they are as a comic and that's what works for them obviously that whole element is gone because yeah it's a totally different thing it's all I don't know. We've talked to a lot of comics all over the place during this who who've sort of dipped their toes in that. I mean, even Jim Gaffigan a couple months back was like, yeah, I did a couple of those Zoom shows and it was one of the most uncomfortable things ever because it's I don't know. In some way, they're all I get why people are doing this, Ed, but it almost feels like there's some element of neediness to it in a way. You're like you're like the kid at the swimming pool who's like, watch me jump, watch me jump, watch me, you know, and and you can't get
2: it's very, it's awkward. very awkward because, I mean, the technology, you're, you're really separated from your audience in such a, a, a very physical way that it is, it, it's awkward. It's like that relative that kiss, gives you a kiss a little bit too long. Like it's just <laughs> something that kind of creeps you out and makes you feel uncomfortable in your own skin. I don't really know why those people who require an audience are doing this. I understand some people are so needy that they're going out there and doing these shows, but they're not going to get what they need. You know, it's like they're going out there looking for a hit of heroin, and instead they're getting methadone or something. Like they're, they're, they're not getting what they want from it. In fact, they're probably getting more and more depressed because of the fact that here they are putting out their pearls, and they're getting no no feedback, nothing. Maybe a titter here or there. that reference
0: That's always been, you know, the, the joke writers form, And there are, I mean, there are other ways for comics to get out there. People are putting out viral sketches and people are releasing albums maybe they've been sitting on and people are doing new podcasts and all that. There's certainly ways around this, but it's true. I mean, sitting at home in front of your webcam and, and doing your material, doing your, doing your Festival 20 and just waiting for emojis to pop up. I mean, it's sort of, it has to be soul crushing <laughs> in some way. Well, I mean, the good thing is that so few stand-up comics still have any soul left. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's crushed out of them in the clubs. Do you think there is going to be, because I mean, you know, and you've been around this this world for a long time. Stand-up is such an ego-driven sort of lone wolf thing. And especially in Canada, because everybody's going after the same little pile of table scraps, really, for the most part. But there is sort of this sense of community that has come out of all this because everybody, first off, we're being very isolationist in Canada because we're not bringing comics up from the States and we're not working down there. So everybody's sort of watching Canadian comics again and we're all about our own talent right now and we are one industry and one community. Do you think as soon as all this is over, we're going to go back to like everybody's just looking out for themselves and just sort of fighting each other off for like those three festival gigs a year?
2: <laughs> oh, I mean... The mechanics and the, the multiples aren't going to change. There's still going to be a small pile. The Canadians are all fighting for, like a bunch of wolverines fighting over a bologna sandwich. It, <laughs> it ain't going to change. We're not going to see all of a sudden a plethora of comedy clubs open up and a plethora of TV gigs happening uh, for comedians. It's still going to be that very same, very, very, it's not even a small pool, it's a waiting pool. It, in fact, it might just be a sink. <laughs> uh, that's all that's there for comedy in this country. So the the knives will still be out. Um and maybe that's making the cream rise to the top, but there's a hell of a body count.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What about the festivals? I mean before we go to break, where do you see cuz this year of course, uh summertime is of course always festival season. We got JFL in Montreal, that's the biggest event on the calendar and comedy. And then that leads into JFL 42 here in Toronto. All of that stuff basically was pushed back and went on pause. And then JFL ended up doing a digital festival. Do you, do you see things, the fests going back to the way they were before, or do you think that's going to be like a hybrid of some of it is, is live. Some of it is this now.
2: Oh no, it's It's going to be going right back to live. Like I said before, people are going to be clamoring to get out of the house and get out of the house and laugh even better. I mean, they'll be clamoring to get out of the house just to go shopping in Loblaws without wearing masks, let alone going someplace for entertainment value. No, the festivals will come back probably bigger than they were before just because of all the
0: pent-up demand. There you go. End of talk. We're going to come back with more right here on Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is Brian O'Gorman and you listen to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 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 i let it go back to kids That's it is. on. on. That's just the way it is. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical helping you social distance more clearly. We, of course, have our friend Ed the Sock on the line weighing in on all things comedy and just the state of the world in general right now. So, Ed, watching everything, by the way, that's because we got into this earlier with Jennifer as well, reporting on it in the news, watching everything that's happening stateside right now and, you know, you've got a president who who's, like, refusing to, <laughs> to leave, which has never happened in history. As Canadians, as the neighbor, it's kind of like peeking over the fence and watching your... Your a whole neighbor next door and it 's just sort of fascinating what would your what would your if you could like re- speak out to Americans right now watching all of this stuff what would your what would your words of wisdom to them be?
2: Well, pull your heads out of your ass <laughs> I mean the fact is half uh, millions of Americans voted for racism and lying and sexism and lying and corruption and lying. Half millions more people voted to support all the crap Trump is is, is uh, an avatar for than live in this country. Yeah. Think about that. Th- that's what we have as our neighbor. That And we can't move. That's the problem. Especially <laughs> when you've got a neighbor that's gone crazy, you can put your house up. Sure, the property values will probably drop because the neighbors are not... He, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, like that. You can't get him to leave, and he's acting like the Black Knight and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like, you know, he, he's told he lost. You know, every state by state, he's like, no, no, it's just a flesh wound. It's but a scratch. You know, his limbs are being lopped <laughs> off, and now he's really just a head looking around, trying to gnaw on somebody's ankles.
0: <laughs> it is true it is, we've never seen, no one's ever seen anything like this before and they, I, nobody even knows what to do with it they're like I guess we just wait two months until. but now he's just going to cause as much destruction as he can on his way out like Todd Ben Allen last week said on the show he's just under the hood of the car yanking out as many wires as possible until he gets like physically removed from there but you're so right I mean 70 million people looked at every single thing that's happened in the last four years, including now with like 250,000 people dead, and they 70 million people looked at that and went, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's twice the, the population of Canada.
2: Those are our neighbors. That's yeah. to the door. Keep the border shut. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, keep it shut and start putting up like, you know how they like uh, in the States when tornadoes are coming, they put up hoardings and stuff over glass and over doors. Let's put that up on the border. Let's do it. Just- <laughs> Stay there. Don't come here. We don't. It's bad enough we can't keep your airwaves out. Well, we can keep you guys out. Let's just until the neighbors calm down. I think we need to keep a policy. This has nothing to do with COVID anymore because it, it has to do with spreading insanity. And uh, the agents of insanity are living right cheek to jowl with us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's absolutely true. And of talk, It's so good to have you back on. It's, I can't believe it's been three seasons already. Uh, and so much has changed. But words of wisdom, as always, my friend. And also, before we let you go, where can people find all of your stuff? What have you been up to during all this?
2: Well, you can find me on Twitter, at Ed the sock, Instagram, Ed underscore The underscore Sock. I got a Facebook page, Ed the sock. That's enough. How many other places do you need to find me?
0: <laughs> That's good enough. Ed the sock, thank you so much for joining us. Always good to hear your take on this stuff, and hopefully next time we have you in, 90% of what's going on right now is no longer happening. That would be great.
2: How about 100%? Let's go for the, <laughs> go for the moon.
0: I love you, Ed. That'd be perfect, too. Ed the sock. thanks again so much, man.
2: We'll talk to you soon. All right, then. then good luck in having three more seasons of this drivel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's our show. That's our take on the local, national, and global news this week. Thanks again, of course, to Jennifer Shung over at CP24 for being able to cover all of this stuff going on in the world right now and keep a positive spin on it that can't be easy to do most days. And of course, the one and only Ed the Sock, who always has, right, Vince? He always has wisdom on whatever is happening. What an
1: episode. That guy
0: always I was so excited to hear his take on everything because last you know three seasons ago it was a warm summer day we were all sitting in the studio and we were just talking about the usual comedy festivals and now it's like literally the planet's on fire and it's trump mania so it's it's great to hear his take on that but that's our show thank you again of course to jennifer and ed and don't forget you can listen to all our episodes from season five right back to the very beginning on global news online we'll be back next week hi this is alicia carusi And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Ed the Sock.
2: Hey, Ed the Sock here from Queens Park. Where behind me there's an anti-shutdown protest going on. There's a lot of people in the media and online talking about these people, but not too many people talking to them. So I thought I'd come down here and get it straight from the horse's ass. So let's go over and see what's got him so riled up. The cure is worse than the virus. The virus is people who are drowning in uh, their own fluids in their lungs. How is staying home worse?
0: I had COVID and I survived.
2: Well, they never said people with COVID wouldn't survive. Well, by the media standards. Sir. No, no, no. They never said people with COVID wouldn't survive. So, sir, is God going to protect you? Yes. He is. And you think he can protect you from inside your home, too? Or why don't you go in your home and give God a little less work to do then? Okay, what are you doing? Okay, look, I know you're very proud of your arts and crafts project. Okay, very nice. You're good with markers. There's a Derek Sloan for PM sign over there. All right, come and take it. What are you afraid I'm going to take, sir? I'm not afraid of
0: anything, sir. You're not afraid
2: of anything? Why are you hiding your face?